0: Howdy, Rob Lee here, and we're going to get back to the truth in this art, but I want to do a little exercise with you. As you know, the truth in this art is an audio experience, so I'm going to ask you to do something a little different this time and visualize with me. I'm thrilled to reintroduce you to Forged Eatery, a true gem that captures the essence of farm to table dining in Baltimore. At Foraged Eatery, they have mastered the art of sourcing local and seasonal ingredients, resulting in a menu that will leave you in awe. Their commitment to quality and to flavor is simply unmatched. Picture yourself, see it's the visual, picture yourself uh, savoring their mushroom stew, a comforting and aromatic dish that transports you to a world of culinary bliss. The depths of flavor and the carefully selected ingredients will tantalize your taste buds. You can swap out and insert the focaccia, which is heavenly, or the irresistible cornmeal fried happy oysters. Each bite is a celebration of culinary mastery. Forged Eatery goes beyond being simply a restaurant. It's an immersive experience where the menu evolves with the seasons. Each visit promises a new and exciting experience for your taste buds, making every moment unforgettable. So, fellow food fans, fellow food lovers, it's time to discover the magic of Forged Eatery. Let their innovative approach to dining and their passion for locally sourced ingredients transport you to a world of culinary excellence. Don't miss out on an extraordinary dining experience. Plan your visit to Forged Eatery today and let your taste buds revel in the true flavors of the season. It's time to indulge in a gastronomic adventure that will leave you craving for more. For more information, visit ForgedEatery.com. Welcome to the truth in this art. I am your host, Rob Lee. Thanks for listening. Please continue to share, subscribe and review this great podcast. And if you're looking for candid conversations on arts and culture, you found the right spot. Today, I'm in conversation with a seasoned illustrator and designer based in Baltimore, Maryland. He's been in the biz for over 15 years slinging artwork for book covers, beer bottles, t shirts, comics, posters, magazines, and he's always thirsty for more. His clients include Autobar, Soundgarden, Creative Alliance, Baltimore Magazine, Creeperama, Trogues Independent Brewing, Threadless, Atomic Books, Lido Pizza, Live Nation, and many, many more. Follow his Instagram at Eyeball Fortress. Please welcome Devin Watson. Welcome to the podcast. Oh my
1: God, have I really done all that crap? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I had to take a couple deep breaths because I, it is,
1: <laughs> it is I funny. love the words that you put on posters. poster. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, um, you know, you try to give like pe- some people have told me when I do the intro, when I actually get it right, because I practice multiple times before I actually had the guest on. Because um I surprisingly I get like super nervous when the guest is on. I was like, all right, I'm gonna botch this, I'm gonna say something I don't know how to say. I'm gonna call you by my actual real last name versus your list <laughs> last name. It, it's it's what I'll put it this way. I had a guest on um Kumasi Barnett, and his name is very similar to my girlfriend's name, who's which is Kumari. Okay. And I was like oh They were like, Hey baby. <laughs> Literally, I was like, "I think I'm going to call you Kumariana," and then for like a week, I called her Kumasi, and she was like, "What's happening?" So there you go. Yeah, peek into okay. this 37 year old's mind. Oh, I'm 37 too. Same Let's age. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah.
1: 1985. Yeah. What, what part of
0: January? Um, August. Okay, Leo. Winter. Winter kid. Yes, January twentieth, the beginning of everything. That's great. Inauguration Day. <laughs> yeah. So. I want to I want to go into since we have part of the story, the beginning of the story, if you will. Uh, you know, I want to start off with, you know, before we get too deep into the pod. Um, what is the Devin Watson story? Like, give us some of those those, those details. Like, where did you grow up and when did you realize you wanted to pursue design, illustration, the sort of work that you're in now?
1: Well, mm, what a big question. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back. You need like wavy music like.
0: <laughs> yeah. Some people get, get thrown off by this. Like, oh, so are we going back to like the 80s or are we going back to like last week?
1: <laughs> I cannot think of anything before COVID because I think COVID might have lasted about 200 years.
0: That's what it feels like. Yeah. 100 yeah. percent.
1: I grew up uh, right outside of D.C., Prince George's County.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I moved up to Baltimore when I went to college, UMBC but I've always wanted to be an artist. <laughs> I've always been drawing. Like I've always had a pencil in my hand drawing something. And I've just known that deep down, like drawing gives me this deeply satisfying feeling that nothing else can. So it's just always been something that I've pursued like since I was a
0: little kid. That's that's the thing that I'm, I'm reading this book right now. I'll share it with you. Um, it's uh I'm, I'm blanking on the the name of the author but it's called uh, i think death of an artist and he he was the, the author he's talking about how when it, uh, people who call themselves artists they're very rest- they're, they're very restricted they use that for other people mm-hmm. but the theme that you hear is i've always wanted to do this though it's like that's the true person not someone that's like hey i kind of did this i've i had a few guests i've had on who said it was very disappointing almost where it's like, yeah, I just kind of started doing it for the money. I was like, oh, you can't, mm-hmm. can't say right. that you should make money. You know, artists <laughs> should think about money and all of that. But that you're doing it for that, because uh, it's not always going to be there. It doesn't come in. Yeah. yeah.
1: For me, it's it's the feeling of like, nothing is going to stop me from making art. You know, <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: like if you locked me in a room <laughs> with nothing in it, with like, I would find a way to draw with like my toenail or something.
0: That's, that's for amazing.
1: Me the, me, the process is like, trying not to draw sometimes trying not to make art sometimes and instead step back and and experience other parts of life but yeah there's i mean if you didn't pay me a cent i would still be making it
0: yeah i, I think you know as a a person that's a i think i, I think I start describe myself as a, a tinkerer like mm-hmm. um, i go back this is so whack but back in the day i feel like it was Like Heck Company, you know that that old like department store. Heckingers. Yeah. No, no, no. Like the old like um like the Heck uh like it's almost like Macy's. Uh huh. Oh right. And they would have like the little clips you would have on like the clothing and all of those. I would wait for them to fall off. They would be on the like uh like the the dresses and the shirts. I would somehow cobble together those different things and rubber bands and make my own transformers. Oh, cool. So this is me just kind of cobbling things together, just tinkering and. It's very diy and so my approach to how i go about some of my creative stuff like doing this audio doing these interviews you know they may say oh you should use that mic for that well this is what i'm using or you know you can get better gear this is what i use and this is how i figure it out and this is what my process is
1: Mm -hmm.
0: so it's 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 something like you know kind of what you were saying like regardless you're always going to find something to create i don't know if i want to see you with toenails and you know making art with that but you know, I'm to make create. those
1: transformers now. <laughs> I bet because Heck Company doesn't exist anymore. So if you still had some of those things, you could probably sell them.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's like <laughs> I mean, I'm just gonna have like a gallery of, like the Avam or something. It's like, yeah, can I just put my stuff like right in here, please? That'd be great. Those would fit in so well.
1: I love the American Visionary Art Museum. That's my yeah. favorite museum of all time.
0: Oh yeah. So if you will, describe so you you talked about like a little bit about you know why you kind of got into illustration why you got into art or what have you um why did you like choose this style of like work because you're working at a breakneck pace you got a lot of work going out like you said to yourself <laughs> "Surprise, i did all that stuff so tell me about like why why did you choose this like style of work the the style that you're working in but also the pace in which you're working
1: uh survival
0: <laughs> honestly <Prime action. laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> no um you know as I've developed as an artist, you know. I think speed comes into it, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, When I started out uh, as a professional designer, my first job was in publishing. So I worked on book covers, and it was a publisher right outside of DC, and it was a publisher that put out a lot of books quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, So I had to get really comfortable uh, working in a lot of different styles, for one thing, which was great, because you'd work on like a Western book, a sci-fi book, a fantasy book, and then like a book on World War II in like the same day. (laughs) And you had to flip between those different styles. And um, that was a piece of it that I really enjoyed, like going from referencing uh, old World War II art to like, old sci-fi book covers in like the same day and going back and forth and um, putting my own spin on those.
0: Yeah. I I think that's, that's unique where, you know, especially the the thing that stuck out to me is people ask like, you know, how are you doing so many interviews? How are you doing so many podcasts? And I tell them like how many I'm doing. And, but still that thing that you mentioned of you might be working on a sci-fi book, then a Western book and so on. And I think something comes out of that where you're working between different styles. And maybe the key is not to have a style per se. Mm-hmm. So, which makes you able to like, if I can only talk to, you know, artists that uh, work in visual arts, or only talk to musicians. Only I think that, you know, that's not as interesting to me, but I think being able to have a curious conversation with someone that's you know, doing something that, one, you know, anybody that I bring on, I have at minimum cursory interest in, but generally I'm very interested in what these folks do and what the guests do. So I come at it from that perspective, but being able to have various types of conversations, sometimes it might be, you know, like recently, I had had a, a guest on who is a special effects fabricator. He makes monster suits and he and I talked for like an hour. And, you know, in that same day, I had a 15 minute conversation with someone that was a chef, you know, so it's kind of <laughs> like being able, that those are wildly different things.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, you are an amazing interviewer too. And thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much for doing this podcast and promoting all these cool artists.
0: Appreciate it. So we, we talked about, you know, that the pace, we got We got to get into the pace. I want to get an idea of, you know your cadence your work cadence this was something that i, re- I remember i was talking to Dalali a while back about this and you know some people have this i'm going to work x amount of days straight some people will say hey i'm going to work six hours in the morning and then i'm chilling i'm useless in the evening what is your cadence and can you walk us through like your creative process from uh conception to completion
1: yeah Actually, it's funny. You mentioned uh, the death of the artist book. I have another book that I love called, I think it's called The Daily Rituals of Artists. Yeah. Have you read that? I have a copy of that and it's, it's just like a couple paragraphs a chapter on maybe like 150 different artists and the way they work. And these are artists like throughout history, but some really, really peculiar, like, processes of working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think I'm anything like that. Like, I don't have to submerge myself in jello or anything to, like, <laughs> think of ideas, even though that sounds cool. But um, I think I'm always, you know, a lot of times the project kind of tells me. Again, we're talking about working in different styles. Sure. When I get a project, I'll do some... Research into the background, like a lot of the maybe if it's a poster, I'll look into different poster styles, and I'll kind of see like what jumps out at me and then from there i'll I'll try to uh fit the project around that, yeah but um for me it's 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 like consistency working i I tend to work every day at least a little bit every day now that I'm freelance sometimes I work uh more than like <laughs> eight days a week but
0: <laughs> twenty five <yeah>. hours
1: <laughs> yeah. 366 days a week. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's, that's one of the things where it's like you I'm sure you've read uh Steal Like an Artist, right? Yeah. And you had that Jerry that Jerry Seinfeld example about having that um that dry erase board and you put a check mark in every day, you do your practice, whether it's for him writing jokes and your goal is not to break the chain. Mm-hmm. And I think it's that moment where I'm podcasting pretty regularly, but I have set in you know on a Sunday, I'm probably not recording, but I might be working on questions or something like that and' cause that's always trouble for me coming up with questions and trying to find something that you know that is gonna be no, i'm I'm still here it's gonna be um something that's that's interesting, something that catches the uh, the guest's attention and something that the the listeners are like, oh wow, that's something that I can really take from that. I didn't know that about that person, but um. I think when you have that break, you know, maybe the work sucks for a little bit, you know, especially when you're working for yourself. Is is that true for you? Or is it no, no. Devin Watson has never had a loss. I'm always in it. Tell me about <laughs> that. Have you ever that had any?
1: definitely not true. There's a great quote that I love. Um, inspiration has to find you working. Mm-hmm. And it means that, uh, you know, you can think you can have great ideas come to you, but if you're not, um, kind of already rolling, you know, these ideas are just going to kind of fall away, you know? Yeah. So working every day, doing, or at least looking at art every day, um, just to keep that, those ideas rolling is uh, always part of my process.
0: What were some of the, the artists that you dug kind of like growing up or what have you? Like, who were you into, like, in terms of maybe comics or what have you, or even, um I guess even like posters. I mean, you, you're working in because because you have a very distinct style. I must I must say, and <laughs> and I dig it. And um, and I think you know, it some in some ways it's like unique, and in other ways it's like almost familiar. But I can't quite put my finger on it, which is something I really like. So who who were you like influenced by, or who did you to use the Austin Cleon? Who did you steal from? You know, in terms of influence,
1: <laughs> everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, when I was a kid, I loved uh, Calvin and Hobbes comics, Bill Watterson.
0: Nice.
1: I think one of the things he doesn't get enough credit for is like just how good of an illustrator he was. And I think that's where I first got the idea that you can kind of change your style a little bit to, you know, he used to draw those like Sunday comics where they would be huge and full of color and there'd be like dinosaurs and he would render the velociraptors so well. Um, and then he would switch to like a space story. So I always thought that was really fun that he could kind of dip into like one or two or three or four different styles, you know, yeah. but still feel like it was in that same world. So that was
0: really cool for me. So and in going into this and, and working, you know, for a nice chunk moving from, you know, being in your twenties, like very, very similar where, you know, I've been podcasting almost 14 years and it's just like, obviously I'm not the same person as I was as like a, a a jerk 24 year old as now a 37 year old. So, but I, and I think in it, that time and that experience kind of helps you identify what you love about it, especially if you've been doing it for more than a decade, you know? So Mm -hmm. you enjoy most about being an illustrator and and helping, you know, many of these local brands, like you have some heavy hitters on here in terms of clients and, um, and some of the work that you've done. So, like, how, what do you enjoy most about the work that you're doing and, and helping, you know, folks present their brands to, you know, clients and stuff with customers?
1: Yeah. Um, I love working for local brands, mostly because I'm a fan of them, you know, like I'm such a huge fan of the auto bar and I've been going there my whole life. So to do, to make art for the auto bar is like dream for me, you know, and I've worked for, agencies in the past design agencies where we've had huge clients you know and it hasn't felt quite the same you know i don't think the adage is true that you have to have these like massive clients to do good work or to make yourself you know successful um for me i would much rather prefer to work for like these these baltimore brands because that's my city and that's who i'm a fan of and when i do those things for them and see them like there's there's more satisfaction in that. Than working for like a massive brand like Nike or something like that, you know.
0: Yeah, but now that. if Nike
1: wants to work for me, of course I will say yes to that too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I dig that, you know, because there's there's always that this I almost look at it like like the Papal team thing with Star Wars, or what have you. That's a bit that I do. I'll tell you about that later. Uh, but <laughs> you know, I feel like it's always this kind of like call from like the bigger brand to roll that dice and take the gamble. But it's something about. You know, building that brand and doing it and being successful in your hometown is something more valuable about that, I think.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, And Baltimore is is absolutely my hometown. You know, even though I grew up right outside of Baltimore or outside of D.C., um, moving up here and like connecting with the art community in Baltimore has just been like everything for me.
0: So you, you mentioned that you're you're in this this freelance space and so what have you, which I would imagine, you know, it's it's a thing. It, it's like it's it's very rewarding to be able to do your own thing, but also it's like there's some challenges that come with it. So what would you say some of the bigger challenges that you, you face, like in your work, like like recently? And how do you overcome those?
1: Mm, I mean, working for a Working in-house as a designer for many, many years taught me a lot of good lessons. Sure. you know, And it also showed me what a lot of like bad lessons you can develop as an artist yeah. or as a company. And so really, I'm just trying to stay true to myself, and all, but also at the end of the day, be satisfied with the work that I'm doing. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that answers your question or not, but... Um, Yes, uh working freelance there are certainly uh challenges out there but I have never felt this level of satisfaction before with yeah. my career that I have uh, in the past 3 years since I've been started freelancing just for myself,
0: you know. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a flip like, you know, a lot of people have that the day job and they're doing both. Like I have a day job and mm-hmm. you know, yeah. at, at this point where you're deciding like, all right, what am I going to do? What is the move? Because at the pace that this is, this is almost a full time while having that as a full time. And it's like, what does that configuration look like? And, you know, in peeling the onion back, people just see the finished product. You know, people just mm-hmm. see what's going on out there as opposed to, Oh, wow. You had to do that. You yeah. ate asparagus for a week or what have you, because you decided to pay for paper <laughs> editing or whatever the case is. And, you know, it's it's really it's really interesting to get a sense of what those challenges are so we only talk about wins but they always are challenges it's you know having this notion of i'm really going for it and it's really on me so if this does not go well there are people who are dependent on me or if you know something happens to whatever the major tool like let's say in um i want to say in the second at the end of the first year of me doing this podcast My computer blew up. The sound card just stopped working in smoke. And I was like, all right, how am I going to keep doing this podcast without the tools in which I need to do this podcast? (laughs) So I had to figure it out to keep creating because the the thing for me is success, I suppose, is continually creating. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm the same way. Uh, When I had a full-time job uh, at a design agency, I went home that night and I still made stuff, you know, because I just knew deep down that uh you know i was working towards something you know even at the end of the day i didn't want to stop making things so
0: so if you if you had let's say you know because you meant you joked about idea a little bit but what would be a a dream project that could like land and like be presented in front of you or have you like oh okay that's something that really is going to take my attention. This is something that I really want to be involved in. And this is something I can kind of maybe dive back into and kind of not do the freelance component of it, but really, you know, work with someone else in a in a larger capacity. What is like a dream project that comes to mind for you?
1: Recently, I uh, started working on a big book festival for Baltimore in a certain area. I don't know how much I can reveal about it just yet, but, um, that is very exciting for me because it blends my, you know, where I started at as a designer and I still do book covers quite often, but um, now translating it into all the illustration and graphics for this big book festival, that's going to take place and it's local. So it's in Baltimore. So combining those elements, I mean, that for me is, it doesn't get any better than that. You know, literary mixed with illustration mixed with a festival in Baltimore.
0: So, Talk talk to me about, um, you know, we we have, you know, everyone's working hard. Everyone's super talented. Tell me about luck or chance encounters that have helped you in your career.
1: Yeah. I mean, Instagram has been invaluable for my career, I feel. You know, making those connections. Um, The world of Instagram can get so bizarre sometimes because you have access to, or people have access to you. You know, some of these people that you've admired since you were a little kid. These art heroes of yours are on yeah. Instagram, and you can talk to them like it is so bizarre. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, seeing someone's art out in the world and then going on Instagram and making that connection with them, you know that's mm-hmm. been huge for me, and that's
0: really where a lot of my um, professional connections have come from so i got I got two more real questions for you, and then you have those rapid fire questions so. I want to ask this uh, about the cool things because you know I talked about the challenges earlier because you know people don't peel that onion back so far. But I want to ask about cool things. So describe something that I don't know really... about cool things. <laughs> well, yes, you do. I'm I'm sure you do. <laughs> Tell me about something really cool that's happened to you recently because of your art that's somehow connected. It may not be directly connected. It may like be I met this dude because I was uh, working on this project or what have you but maybe it is, but tell me about like something cool. That's been a byproduct of your work.
1: Uh, well, uh, so working on the cover for Baltimore magazine, best mm-hmm. of Baltimore, congratulations, by the Cheers. way, on winning Thank Best you. of Baltimore, um, at the party talking to the president of Baltimore magazine and which was very cool to meet him. And he gave me so many compliments on the cover. We just started talking. He plays the bass. I play guitar and bass. We yeah. started talking about old Rickenbacker bass guitars from like the 60s for like an hour. <laughs> and so that was a totally surreal
0: moment. And you're talking about Steve, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, it's funny. I, when I worked for the Orioles <laughs> back in the day, Boy. and he was a, back in the day, I was a, um, an event staff manager there. So he remembered me. He gave you the pad on the show, and he's like, Good to see you in a magazine.
1: All right. Man, what a nice guy.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so this is this is the last real question i got for you and thank you for sharing that because i I think being able to riff on things um i remember when i interviewed rebecca hoffberger and Mm -hmm. somehow i got somehow i got an interview out of it because we were just like hanging out just just riffing yeah riffing about like yes we were riffing about um uh stand-up comedy and It was just going off the rails. I was like, I need to get an interview. I was like, uh, can we just put the record button on? Because we're just having a great time and I don't want to I don't want to lose it. I want to say, hey, say that thing you said it again earlier, you know. So I, I just remember um, her giving me a few really cool compliments, which I, I feel like kind of informed and gave me that that nudge of, hey, keep doing this. Keep keep going down this path. Um, so I want to ask this question about um, images, iconography and all of that. Um So, you know, that that logo that I have for my podcast, my brand, that's what people like, oh, you do look like him. You do like the guy. For you, and I may have an answer to this for you. What is that one image that would describe you or what you feel that, you know, really culminates what you're about, what your work is about? The the, the Devin Watson meets Eyeball Fortress sort of thing. What is that image for you? Mm, A one image. Oh, my gosh. I know. I know. It's challenging. It's like me picking one podcast, huh? (laughs) I know. I I don't,
1: you know, for me, a lot of my artwork is, uh, I try to give it kind of a textural and vintage uh, (laughs) look with lots of, uh, you know, grit and grime. And and, uh, so maybe it's that. Maybe it's just like an old brown paper bag with like, a Royal Farms like chicken grease stain on the bottom, <laughs> and like <laughs> there's some crayons like coming out of the top of it, and yeah.
0: That's great. Can, can we make this as a logo? Can we just get this on a T-shirt?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: This might be the Truth in This Art and Eyeball Fortress collab. Truth in this bag. Oh my God. <laughs> That's just alcohol, then the Truth in This Bag.
1: That's right.
0: So, with that, I want to I want to kick 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 over um a few uh, rapid fire questions for you. So right, here goes. Why eyeball fortress? Why why is that the the handle?
1: Because what I see in the world, I keep in my mind like my mind's castle.
0: Okay, I like that. I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it heavy metal. <laughs> this this is true. This is true. Uh, I was going through um, what is it? Super seven? Like the toy maker. Okay. And uh, I was like, yeah, there's a lot of King Diamond figures in here. I started just kind of going through. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm just going to listen to this for the rest of the evening.
1: <laughs> oh, man. I wonder if there's someone out there who has every King Diamond figure. <laughs> oh,
0: look. <laughs> I was this close. <laughs> How many do you need of oh, them? <laughs> I was this close to wearing the face paint Halloween. You know, it would have been great. Oh, that'd be awesome. um What are you a snob about? Mm. We all have our things coffee tables specifically coffee tables no i don't know <laughs> i mean i'm a snob about coffee and about yes, beer coffee. which makes which which reminds me everyone should try the rob lee coffee drink it's uh available at sophomore <laughs> uh so and I, and I stepped on you there so you you're gonna say
1: i don't think i'm particularly a snob about anything i don't the term snob i don't know it's so easily tied to artist snob you know i think i'd like to say i'm a curated person you know okay i like my references and i uh i curate them
0: i like that that was a smooth one right i like that (laughs) uh so you know obviously you're thirsty for more so what is your drink of choice
1: uh the uh soda stream water
0: (laughs) okay okay wow wow
1: Unflavored. oof i know (laughs) raw dog in it
0: i'm a topo chico guy oh nice Yeah, yeah yeah might be a sponsor who knows uh to get the last two here uh what was the last book you read
1: the last book i read
0: we'll say the the daily lives of artists
1: okay i pick up that book all the time and i just read a chapter or two i think it's called daily rituals
0: yeah i had to remove that from my rapid fire question as soon as you mentioned it i was like damn it and i just took it out because it was already in there as a rapid fire question
1: <laughs> specifically that book
0: no no the, um what was your daily uh, artist ritual that was one of the questions in oh, okay. there because gotcha. uh that book is definitely at my partner's house it's in the bathroom every time i'm in the bathroom i am yeah. reading a chapter or two sorry to let you guys know my habits uh lastly how many hours of sleep do you get eight Invaluable. you actually get eight hours of sleep yeah
1: absolutely wow ever since i heard that guy on the joe rogan podcast that everyone talks about he's like yeah. if you don't get eight hours of sleep you're gonna have like Ronald Reagan brain and <laughs> influenza.
0: Oh no! It's crucial. I need to get my eight hours. Then I'm I'm doing like six. Is six that great? Uh, has to be at least seven. I gotta get it up. I gotta get my gotta get those numbers up. Those are uh, uh, J. They, those are JV numbers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So with that, uh, I want to thank you for coming onto this podcast and chopping it up with me, sharing a little bit about your work and your background. And um, if you will, could you tell the fine folks where to check you out? Website, social media, all that good stuff. The floor is yours.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Rob. And for having this podcast and promoting all these amazing artists and being a voice for artists and art and everything. Yeah. You can find me um, on Instagram at eyeballfortress or uh, my website design-watson.com where I have a lot of uh, prints and shirts and things for sale.
0: And there you have it, folks. For Devin Watson, a.k.a. Eyeball Fortress, I am Rob Lee saying that there's art in and around Baltimore. You just got to look for it.